We want to welcome Jim Cole uh, to our radio broadcast this morning. Jim is our manager of the uh, men's program. And Jim, you've been in that position for how long? Nine, almost 10 years. Yes. And so we're very glad to have you with us here this morning. Jim, we're going to be talking about some things that have occurred this past year, or at least are finishing up. Um, We have a new computer program that you spent some time on, um, working with a developer on that, and then the remodeling, which is affecting your area, uh, men's area. So you want to start with the computer? Sure. Okay. So we previously had been working with a DOS program, so anyone who's been around computers for the last 30 years knows that that was a pretty old program. Uh, It served us really well, uh, but we were coming to see its limitations. Uh, It wasn't working with some of our newer computers and uh, wasn't able to give us some, uh, some accurate information about who we were serving, and so we were just looking for something new. And, uh, and through that process, I was able to be a part of that, and it's up and running now. We have a new program called Mission Tracker. Uh, it's very modern, and, and uh, it's been great. Uh, we've been able to just, just from the little bit that we've been working with it, which has really been about the last five months or so, been able to see all kinds of stories emerge from just being able to track the services we provide in a more efficient way. Okay. And, uh, and that's been really great. I mean, one of the things that was eye-opening, I guess just a quick story, was we, we didn't always know uh, the breakdown as far as the way we were helping the men coming into our emergency shelter for the types of services we were giving them if they were working with our case managers. So practically what that would look like is some guys come in and they're just looking to go to work. Some guys come in and maybe they're going to seek uh, rehab. Some guys come in and they need to be connected with a mental health provider. Well, we always knew we provided those services, but that old DOS program could never give us a breakdown of kind of how were these services being given, how many folks were on this agreement or that agreement. And, and so we can do that now. And it was very eye-opening uh, because we saw very quickly that the largest group of people that were coming into the shelter were seeking to go to work and save money. But the second largest group were folks that were seeking mental health services. And and just to see that was eye-opening for our caseworkers, for our staff, just to recognize and kind of put us in the right mindset for the people that we're serving. So we recognize I should be expecting to serve folks maybe who are struggling in this way. And, and all that kind of circled back to just having a program that was able to tell us that very clearly and very quickly. Well, you know, to our listeners, uh, this is important uh, for as we minister to the men and the women, data and information is, is, is extremely important. And as you mentioned, Jim, uh, we went from a DAW system to the, this new program called Mission Tracker, and now it's a lot more specific. And I think, and I think you would agree with this, this helps us as we cater and, and change our programs to find out who's here. Is that correct? Absolutely. So not only do we have a firm grasp on the number of people coming in, but kind of as we said, how are, what are they seeking when they come in? And so as we develop um, our services, as we look at the ways to most effectively minister, we might see very quickly a trend that the people coming to us are much younger. Um, mm-hmm. And so we would want to 
begin to work with our staff to understand, all right, here's a younger set of people. What are the what are they going to be their needs that might be different from the 40 or 50 year old man that's coming in? And we can adapt very quickly with this new program, whereas in the, as in the past, it was really just an eye test was all we had to know those type of changes. But now we can know them very quickly. I also think about the last days of the DOS, uh, or maybe last years would be a better way of putting it. Um, I don't think it was always reliable in terms of running. Um, I mean, it's one thing to think of a home computer um, running, but you know, when you have a like a kind of a local network um, running for years and years and years, um, and and I guess with our Obviously, I'm going to show my lack of uh, IT knowledge here, but the at-home programs, you know, the the um, pro the platforms are always changing, aren't they? And with the DOS, it really didn't do that, and that was over how many how many years? I don't know. Thirty. Right. So mm-hmm. Jim's figuring it out here, I think, but '94 anyway. So this is this new program comes with the capability of changing and updating the the platform. Right. Yeah, it's always updating the the folks who develop it for us. Um, Just since we've started have already, we've already had a a upgraded version. Okay. um, And that was all just rolled out at no extra cost as, as we continue to work with them. And I think really when you look at a tool like this is what it is, it's a tool. Mm -hmm. Because the heart of the ministry, the heartbeat has always been that we would share Christ with those that are coming through our doors. And they're coming in, they're hurting, they have needs. Um, And we don't want the tools that we're using to actually get in the way of ministering to our guests. You had mentioned like that DOS program, it was actually beginning to hinder some of the ministry Mm -hmm. because it was inefficient in how we were tracking things. And then it would maybe sometimes crash and then we would have to hand write things. And it it got to where you're bogging down actual ministry because the technology is failing. Mm-hmm. And so with a new system, it's just a more effective tool to allow the ministry to be upfront and to happen effectively. Right. Well, you know, Kurt and Jim, uh, we have a lot to talk about here, and we're actually going to do a two-part series here, uh, part one uh, that obviously going on now, and then part two the following week. But before we talk about all the things that are happening in the men's division, Jim, there's a lot going on. We touched a little bit on Mission Tracker. Jim, let's talk a little bit about you. You've been at the Haven of Rest for how many years? And why don't you kind of walk us through a little bit? Sure. So I started in the men's division in 2003. So that puts me at 16 years. Uh, But I actually started before that at Haven of Rest when I was in college. I would work here in the summers in the facilities department. Did that back in 2000. So you add those years in, and it's been 19 years now mm-hmm. at Haven of Rest. So God's been so faithful. Um, just such a never – there hasn't been a single day that I have dreaded coming into Haven of Rest. It has been excitement every single time now. I love what, Kurt, what your dad used to say, we might grow tired in the work mm-hmm. but not of the work. There are days that are hard, certainly, but this has just been a joy. I, it, it's just been so neat to see – the doors God's opened in people's lives, the the, the testimonies, that, it, and just that I get to be a small part of that. I first uh, reached out to you. I think you had reached out to me, actually, but I, uh, you were in college at the time. And so I either emailed you or called or something. Um, and that's how I got you, uh, I think, connected to work in the facilities department, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be wrong. My memory. So, yeah, there was, a, there's, there was two steps to this. Okay. When I was... My story with Haven of Rest actually goes back a little further. I actually came to Haven of Rest as a fifth grader on a tour, 
And uh, that was my first exposure. And then in was high that school, an open house, by the way. No, I think it was just a <laughs> okay. school group coming through. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, and then when I was a little bit older in high school, I went to CVCA, and we would do service days. And I came and made beds here at Haven of Rest on service day. And uh, there was a teacher there. Um, her name was Charlotte Andrews, and they would do evening devotions mm-hmm. at the Harvest Home. And so I went with uh, Miss Andrews to the devotions one time in the evening and didn't uh, help do a devotion at Harvest Home when I was in high school. And and so God was kind of already softening my heart towards this ministry. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Kali Brandon, mm-hmm. his his dad, Marshall Brandon, All worked right. here at the time. Right. And we were in high school together. I had been friends with Kali since first grade. He was one of my first friends. And we got to the end of high school. I went away and Kali actually started working here at Haven of Rest. And when I came back from college that first summer, reconnected with Kali and his dad, and I wanted to come home and make my summer meaningful, and I was like, well, maybe I could get a, a, a job part-time at Haven of Rest, and, and uh, was able to work in the maintenance department. Okay. I actually approached Marshall, and he put me in touch with Al Nitz, okay. and I worked that <laughs> summer in, in the maintenance department. And then I came back and did that for several more summers. Uh, but then where we reconnected was Kurt. For those listening, I'm pointing at them, but I know you can't see that, the, the radio listeners. Uh, I was finishing up my senior year, and I had worked several summers, and you guys knew as a ministry that I was looking to pursue ministry, and I personally thought that was going to be overseas. I thought it was going to be missions work in another country. And just how God was able to kind of pinpoint and reshape for me that my calling was a calling at home to to neighbors and friends who aren't that different from me. And and it was really affirmed when you called me. I was in my dorm room, and I got a call from Akron, Ohio, and uh, you were talking about a pos- position at Haven of Rest in the men's division. And at the time, I was actually considering a job with a, a relief organization that would go overseas and, and like work in uh, disaster areas and things like that. And uh, But when it became very clear to me when the door opened at Haven of Rest that this was where God was calling me to, and it was going to be a ministry in Akron, Ohio, where I grew up. So, yeah, so that's probably the longer version of the story, but it was you kind of reaching out. God used that to, to confirm for me where he was calling me to. And, and what, what did you do in, when you started in the men's division? Now we're beyond the facilities. When you started in men's division, what, what was your role then, to remember? So when I began in men's division, I was working third shift. Okay. So I graduated from college and I was working third shift, did that for a year and a half. And I was, I'm so grateful now for those years because it wasn't about a title. It wasn't about position. It wasn't anything like that. When you work third shift, it's really just connecting with the men, whether they're coming in late at night or you're waking them up in the morning. Um, I, it wasn't anything to do with my schooling or education or anything it was just on a on a feet on the ground base level right can i love people well can i listen to them can i care for them can i share jesus with them and uh and it helped me build relationships with people first before it was about the stuff of the job and and then moving forward i was able to work on second shift for i think about six months and then i transitioned to first shift and i was a caseworker for about five or six years in the mm-hmm. men's day room okay and five or six years. Yeah, love wow. that. It was a that was a great, really, really love that. Those were the moments where, as a caseworker, you have all these different uh, 
challenges, we'll put it that way, that mm-hmm. come, you know, folks come through the door and they have so many needs and so few of them are we in our own strength able to meet. There's just so little that we can do. And as a ministry, we have great resources, but eventually they come to an end. There's only so much you can do. And to be in an office as a caseworker and have the freedom to pray with someone and to say, let's see what God does, because we've done everything we can. And then to see a man, it just happened so much. It was just, I I remember these so fondly, these memories, people would come back maybe a couple hours later or even a day later and they'd say, Jim, you won't believe what we prayed about. And, and it was that thing would, God would have made a way beyond what we had seen. Mm -hmm. And and in those moments, there's nothing that a person can do but give God the glory because they know we were out of resources. Right. We didn't. This was beyond us. And I just, as a caseworker, I mean, it was nice when when we could solve something with somebody or help get put them in touch with the right resource. But I think God really shined and smiled when it was clear this was Him that did this, and the guys knew it. And that was what a great way to be providing a service to a person who's coming in need and allow Christ to be front and center. So I love those years as a caseworker. Um, and then the, the actually, it's now it's the longest time for me at Haven of Rest has been in the position I'm in now mm-hmm. um, as the director of the men's division. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Kurt, you've worked in the men's division. Uh, Jim, myself, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. And isn't it, it's, it's always amazing, Jim, as you were touching on it, when resources seem to run out. You've, you've pushed a person all the way through the resources. And then even though we share the gospel of Christ with them, eventually they grab a hold of that. And then all of a sudden we see this great miracle that takes place. And we've all witnessed that as we plug them into resources that, that can be offered to help them to move forward. It's really the main resource is Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are just what change. That. Yeah. Just yeah. changing the lives. Uh, and we've seen that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we really, because we get asked the question about success a lot. Mm-hmm. And and we really, you know, working in the day room, I see that success happens almost like a staircase. The first success might just be a man choosing to come off the street into the shelter. That's a big deal if you were in a tent or under a bridge and you've chosen to come in and receive help. And so that's a, that's success. Mm-hmm. And then you can, and those, and then there can be little steps along the way where a man learns to trust you know, maybe eventually his heart softens and he receives the gospel. Um, so it's, and we think of the traditional things like, did they receive housing? Did they remain sober? Those are those are clearly goals that we share, and they're very important. Mm-hmm. But rarely does all that happen at once. Right. And because sometimes Jim, that guy's on the stair staircase, and and then either slips a rung or maybe, you know, goes back. Um, and then it, it's a year or so, maybe two years, then they come back and, and they're able to then climb further up the, yeah. the stair. If you have a mountain of barriers that are kind of staring you in the face, it's a, it's a big deal when even there's a little victory along the way. And we want to celebrate that with people because you're right. Sometimes there's a, a mistake or there's, there's two steps backwards. And, and as an organization, I love that we're a place where people feel comfortable enough that even if they've made a mistake, they're not covered in shame to the point where they won't come back and say, I need help. This mm-hmm. is a place that's that people feel safe enough that they can come and say, I'm, I'm, I want to try this again. And ultimately, Two, three, four times. Exactly. Yeah. And, and ultimately, I, I love that we lead with the gospel because we ultimately know that Christ is really the transformer. He's the one who makes all the difference. 
uh, the eternal difference, but then in this world too. So a man may struggle for a long time, but Mm -hmm. we can know as a ministry the greatest success we'll have is if we know they have Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, Jim, Kurt, we are wrapped up on part one of a series here. We're doing a two-part series with Jim Cole. He's the director of the men's division. And so uh, we will be continuing next week with part two as we talk with Jim Cole here in all the things that are happening in the men's division. I hope everybody was blessed by this. I know they'll be blessed uh, next week here. So we want to thank you for tuning in, and we're hoping you'll be tuning in next week. Jim, thanks for uh, being with us today. It was my pleasure.